0: Kim O'Gorman describes herself as a marketing geek, strategic thinker and word nerd who loves to help business owners spread the word about their business, attract the right customers and turn them into fans. Her superpower is helping small and medium sized businesses make sense of their marketing and build a strategic marketing machine with the tools and tactics that are right for their unique business. So, in this episode of the She's in Business podcast, we are talking about marketing strategy, building a well oiled marketing machine that makes the most of the effort that you put into your marketing. I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum, fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses. I've learned the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories, too, because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Well, hello my lovely listeners. Thank you again for tuning into another episode of the She's in Business podcast. Um we are going to spend the next 30 minutes or so with marketing expert Kim O'Gorman. So, welcome to the show, Kim. Thanks for having me. Um I'd love to get things rolling today and invite you to introduce yourself and briefly share with us your journey through business from where you started to where you are currently.
1: Absolutely. Um, So I am a proud marketing geek. Um, I've spent my entire career, I started off in public relations and journalism, but transferred into marketing, working with some really big brands. I was on uh, brands for Forex and some of the premium beer brands for Lion, um, probably 10, 12 years ago, I left Lion and started my own business. And the reason for that was it was when digital was really emerging and I loved and was really excited by the new opportunities, especially for smaller businesses. But when you're working for a large organization, and I think many people found it at the time, it was like a little bit like turning the Titanic. It took a little while for large organizations to feel comfortable. Um, whereas I was kind of really keen to jump in and, and get started and and learn as much as I could. So it was a really good opportunity. So I'm coming up to my 10th business anniversary in February. Wow. Um, It was perfect timing because it was when my daughter was starting school. So it was a flexibility choice as well. uh, And it has been that for sure. Um, But it's just let me work with a whole range of clients across a whole range of industries and really learn marketing inside out.
0: Mm, Yeah. Um, I can imagine it would be a big shift too to go from like working for big corporate style business to then working for the smaller, like small to medium sized businesses, but all for yourself in that space. Was it a big adjustment? It wasn't, it wasn't. I had been, I'd
1: started off in my career in sort of government organisations and small businesses as well. So I was used to uh, making a dollar stretch a long way. Um, it was really great training to work in an organisation where we did have big budgets and I got to learn the ins and outs of TV advertising and radio advertising and all the production and everything that went along with that. So it was a really great training ground. Uh, but in the last probably four or five years of my time there, I was the general manager of the Forex Ale House which was the brewery tour and function centre so mm. i there it was my training ground and it was such a good opportunity to learn small business and running a small business within the safety of a large organization. So, mm. you know, those last few years were still fairly small business focused. Um, so, yeah, I got the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And working for a beer company, I'm sure you occasionally got some benefits.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, we sure did.
0: <laughs> and it's so funny because for years I never
1: drank at home because we always had so many social functions. It was kind of home was my break. Um, yes, there was, there's was lots of amazing benefits for sure. <laughs>
0: Okay, so let's get into your expert space in the in the marketing world. Why is marketing like having a marketing strategy, why is that so important at any stage of business? I think the the challenge is there are so many opportunities,
1: and if you're like me and you're attracted by a sort of bright shiny new things, you can end up trying a range of different tactics one never giving any of them the chance to really embed and two not really taking into account whether or not they're valuable for your target audience so Mm. i think what a strategy does um, is give you the opportunity to step back and really think about what your target audience needs and how you're going to move them uh, through the journey of never having heard about you before through to becoming a customer and raving fan Mm. and i think a lot of people can hear the word strategy and get quite scared because it seems like this really big thing that should take days to create and possibly you put all that effort in and then put it in a bottom drawer and never look at it again Um, and I think what we need to do is look at a strategy as that guidance as that sort of roadmap for you in your business it's never going to be set in concrete and it needs to adjust with your business but I think if you have no structure and no boundaries it's very hard to get results what I love Mm um in life and in business is boundaries let you actually test and push those boundaries because it still gives you a safe path to travel and I think it's the same with business if you've got that plan you can still try new things it's not like you're saying no to everything mm. um but you've just you've got a filter to test it through
0: yeah I love that and I love that you said like sometimes it's that we don't give it enough time to embed mm. um, and that's key right like you've got to give it enough time to actually build traction and see the results? How, Like I know how long is a piece of string, like that's mm. really tricky, but how do you work with that with your clients in going, well, no, hold on, we're not going to pull it just yet. And in yeah. the same end of the question, like when is the right time to pull something? Like,
1: I think, um, I mean, it is it is definitely a it depends answer. Yeah. And I think that's what's very so frustrating in the marketing space is most questions have an it depends answer. But um, I think with... One of the key parts of a strategy is the monitoring and measuring of it. So Mm. some tactics you'll notice very quickly because it's almost an immediate response. So you can sort of say, yes, that's worked or no, it hasn't. Whereas others might take a few months to really kick off, especially in the digital space, because Mm. it's very competitive. And usually in the digital space, whether it's your SEO or social advertising, um, you're relying on machines to learn a bit and you have to give them time to learn to then really perform well to then measure or not, whether it's successful.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, and for those people who maybe hear the word strategy, like you said, and kind of get a bit scared by that. Do you want to unpack for us what makes up a marketing strategy in more detail? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So to start with the very first place to start
1: is really understanding your target audience and, um, that's that's the filter that everything should be run by. So it's all very well for us to like for me to say TikTok's amazing. It's really fun. You can sp- spend so much time there, but depending on the business, you know, it might not be appropriate at this stage. Um, same with any platform, any media. You know, you could say TV advertising is the be all and end all, but if you're targeting anyone under the age of about thirty, I, I doubt they've probably turned on a television. <laughs> They're certainly not mainstream channels. So you really need to understand your audience, and then look at your business goals. So sort of understand your revenue goals, um, your impact goals. So it's not all just about financial, but it's the community you're trying to create, the impact you're trying to have. Uh, Look at all of those business goals and then look at how marketing can support them. So um, understanding that from those top level business goals come your marketing goals. So it might be Community size, or it might be your email database, or you know, you're getting some really specific, measurable goals in place that you know are moving you towards those business goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember back in uni, which was a long time ago, um, having the lecturer describe the difference between strategy and tactics. And they sort of said if your goal is to travel from Brisbane to Sydney, your strategy is the way like the path you're going to take and how you're going to get there and tactics is then getting in the car turning on the ignition you know the step by step so it mm. helps to sort of overlook and say where, where am I trying to travel with this business what am I trying to do um, and then you work out the tools that will get you there in the most efficient and effective way mm. um, so you need to go, like my goals are very very important your target audience is very important and then the way i generally will have a look at the competitive landscape It can be tricky and it can be a trap because you can sort of look and go, I'll never catch up to them or I'll Mm. never be able to do those things. So it's not from a comparison point of view, but it's just understanding the playing field you're competing on. So you can see where the gaps are and you can see where the opportunities lie. And then I look at the five phases of marketing. Um, So that's the phases that take customers from never having heard about you through to That becoming raving fans and customers
0: yeah Yeah, right so do you would you mind exploring for us what those five phases of marketing are
1: yeah absolutely um so the first one is awareness and that's raising the awareness of your business and your brand in your customer in that target audience Mm -hmm. sometimes that might be um awareness of a problem that they might not realize they have so in this phase you sort of generally coming through there might be um not aware of a problem that they have and you're educating them about an opportunity that they face or they Mm. might be aware of the problem but don't know about the solution you offer so it's an education piece and it's a piece a way to get in front of new audiences with what you're able to offer and then the next phase is lead generation so that's where depending on your business um, it's getting them into your ecosystem and into your so it might be your email database it might be within a community um sometimes it's not ideal but sometimes it might be a social media um, follow or a facebook group or something like that i always try to find another way to generate the lead into your own space because as we all see social media can be really volatile or you know really unpredictable Mm. Um, so ideally it's, you know, capturing that email address, getting the discovery phone call, um, you know, if you've got a brick and more a bit more to is getting them in the door, it's kind yep. of the ways of, of, so that they know more about you and get to learn who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of covers those two phases, cover off the no stage of the no, like, and trust path that we want to get customers along. Uh, then we come to lead generation and that's the nurture, oh, sorry, lead nurturing. So that's the nurture phase. And that's where we're building the like and the trust. So people might know about your business, but in this lead nurturing phase, we're sharing a lot of information. We're showing our personality. We're demonstrating our company values. We're getting them to really know who we are so that when it comes a time to buy our product or service, they know that they trust us and they're aligned with us and that will be their choice. Mm. So that path can take anywhere from five minutes to five months to five years through to the next phase, which is conversion so it depends on your product like if i'm looking for. um, A black jumpsuit and I go on and Google it and I might find a product and I might like it, I might do a little bit of research around reviews and things and I might buy it, and that could be really, really fast. Or if you're selling a membership or a mastermind or a larger ticket item there's, I mean, there's people I follow that I've been in their ecosystem for years. I haven't left yet, but I haven't yet been ready to buy. Mm. So it's, that's very much that how long is a piece of string scenario in that lead nurturing phase. Uh, but you'll know, and again, if you're measuring and monitoring well, you'll know on average how long customers take to convert. So you'll be mm. able to tailor that marketing and make sure that you don't, get bored and fall off just before they're going to convert you know which is a big risk or you might as you said you know when do you know when to pull well if you don't really know your data and see how your existing customers have purchased or the time they've taken you Mm. might jump out just before um so then the conversion purchase process is one of the most important because this is where you're convincing people like they're handing over their cold hard cash and at that point, at that moment the experience they have will determine whether they buy from you again if it's a, like a membership or something like whether they stick around and renew whether they refer their friends and family whether they write reviews so it's not that you get someone to the point where they purchase and jobs done if anything that's where a really important phase starts and then the fifth phase is the review the repurchase and renew and review stage where you're getting them into that cycle of ideally renewing or coming back for other products or referring mm. people through. And so that's almost a repeat, slightly tweaked version of the lead nurturing phase. It's another really, it's a nurturing phase so that you can get them back to that purchase again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The five phases. Yeah. And I guess that last phase as well, because they've already been through that purchasing process, they are your ideal client. So mm. it's, that beautiful last piece is how you can keep educating yourself and keep tweaking your business and your marketing to appeal more and more and more to that ideal client, right?
1: And the beauty is you've got a relationship with them. So you can actually ask, you don't have to Mm. guess anymore. You don't have to make assumptions. You can, whether it, you know, if it's an audience of 10,000 people, then it might be a survey, but if it's 10 people, you can jump on a call. Um, Mm. So there's such a valuable group of people, um, especially from a a human perspective, but they're also amazing data to feed into some of the tools you might choose to use so that you can find more people just like them.
0: Yeah. Oh my goodness. We've already covered so much great stuff here. (laughs) I hope people's (laughs) brains
1: aren't frying, but it's just a really easy way because the way I then look at my clients is you map that out. So you sort of look at each phase and said, what am I doing in the awareness phase and what tools can really help me there? So SEO plays a massive part for many businesses in that. Um space because if I am googling black jumpsuit, you want to be appearing, so mm. you know that's where your brand will potentially come up in my radar for the first time. Um, but you can step through that five phases and go, what are all the things I could possibly be doing? So I will generally do a massive brain dump and then sit there going, and in reality, how much time money resources do I have and then cross out all the things that don't fit into that filter mm. and then you can make a plan from there of prioritizing which ones you start with. So it gives you, it lets you narrow your focus from a really wide focus into in the next 90 days, what will I do? And where I generally encourage my clients to start is at the review, renew, repeat stage. So we sort of Ah. plan out from start to finish, but then implement backwards because you've already got your existing customers. They are really easy to access and they're really easy to look after. So are you doing the right things for them to try and get them to come back? and then you know that purchase experience before you start spending thousands trying to get new people into your funnel is are your foundations in place is that purchase experience as good as it can possibly be because you don't want them coming in the front door and out the back you know that's not an efficient use of your time and resources so you sort of then actually implement backwards um, so that by the time you get to the awareness phase you can comfortably invest Cause that's generally the most expensive. It's kind of more expensive to get new people and new eyeballs than those already in your system. Um, so you can comfortably invest knowing that the rest of your systems will look after them.
0: Yeah. I really like that. And I think people don't speak about that part as much as we probably should be speaking about. So that's. Yeah. All we think about is getting new people.
1: Mm. And I mean, I can't tell you how many shops that, you know, I've been excited and bought and then sort of forgotten or, or, you know it's not and that's where personalization and some of the tools we can access now especially around email marketing um you know once we understand what a particular customer is interested in and likes we can track that and then give them more of what they want Mm. um it's really it's really fairly easy to do these days which we just wouldn't have had that capability even I mean definitely not 10 years ago Mm. um yeah so I think it makes our job a lot easier
0: tell you about my upcoming launch of my group coaching program, Ready to Rise, which is happening on the 14th of February. It's a program specifically designed for mums in business that will take you from being an overwhelmed entrepreneur feeling alone, exhausted, and burnt out to a thriving entrepreneur feeling energized, inspired, and ready to grow a profitable, sustainable business in alignment with a healthy work-life blend. Because... We want to be present with the people who mean the most to us and we also need to on our own self-care need. Equipped with the knowledge to transform your business into a business by design and that, my friend, is how you can begin to enjoy the freedom and benefits of running your own business rather than your business running you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level, make sure you join the wait list and benefit from some of the early bird bonuses when the doors open on February the 14th. Head to Donahan.com forward slash course for more information. Now let's get back to the podcast. Cool. So I want to just take a second to recap what we've already covered because we've covered so much already and I do have more questions. But so we've talked about why a marketing strategy is so important. We've talked about what makes up, I guess, the bones of a marketing strategy. And then you've identified for us the five phases of marketing, which is so powerful. Do you think that at different stages of business, as in at the startup phase compared to maybe in a growth phase, there's different strategies that we need to be aware of or different um, uh, maybe tactics or whatever the, the correct language is around that, that we should be aware of. Yeah, definitely. And I think it comes
1: down to, especially in that startup phase, it's lean. You don't yet have that customer data. So you do have to try a lot of new things. And that is the phase where you'll fail more because you, you do have to try and capture some of that. But at the same stage, you're a lot more nimble and you're a lot more able to adjust. Um, it's also where a lot of relationships are formed. And if you're doing a good job and can get some really great collaborations in place, you know it's easy to do that as a small business versus a large business, I think. Mm. Um, but in the growth phase, you then have so much of that customer data, you can get really specific. And I think that's where it gets exciting. But I think it's where for some businesses, it can become a little bit um, overwhelming in some ways that if you're not a data person, if you're not a numbers nerd, which I am 100% not, um, it can be tricky to sort of really analyze and really get into it. And so Mm. you have to overcome that because it is a mindset shift. And that's really all it is. Um, But just looking and sort of how can you play with that data to make sure that the next decisions you're making are performing for you and that you're cutting off or cutting down on the things that aren't working yet.
0: Yeah so what sort of data should we be tracking? Again it depends
1: on the business but definitely um, you know your Google Analytics for sure understanding uh, the customer behavior on your website. Um, Assuming every business has a website I'm of the school that Every business should have a website, (laughs) absolutely, Mm -hmm. in this day and age. Now, it doesn't have to be bells and whistles, but um, you need to have a home that is kind of the mothership for your marketing so that all of the other activities you do send people to that one place Mm. that you're in control of. So definitely understanding your customer's behaviour on the site, um, understanding where they're coming from, because you might be spending tons of money on social media advertising, and all of your traffic is coming from referrals or, you know, you you might be plowing heaps into SEO and you can look at those metrics and see that it's not yet working so you can ask the right questions. Um, Mm. So I think Google Analytics, if you're using social media, obviously all of the insights that they provide, which are really helpful. um, But I like to set up a monthly report for clients that generally have similar sorts of things. They should adjust per client, but the top line is your business goals. So you know, what are your financial goals? What are your community goals? Um, so that you can then measure everything underneath. And then it is things like sales and revenue. You know, if it's a e-commerce business, then they'll have their sales and their average order and, mm. you know, repeat customer percentage and all of those sorts of things. Um, so it does depend on the business, but it needs to be something that you look at. And I know you're a big proponent of this. I mean, at least monthly. Yeah, um, I think you can get caught up Because the old refresh button and things like real time on Google Analytics, where you see how many people are on your website at this exact moment, or, you know, the cha-ching going off on your phone, if you've got a Shopify website, it can also be very distracting. Um, So there's a fine balance, but looking at those and knowing, looking at the, you know, short-term performance and then the overall trends lets you make decisions.
0: Yeah, cool. And I think it's really interesting too, when you do get your business to a stage where um, that data is there and available for you and you map it out, it's actually really encouraging for you in your own mindset, because sometimes we're working so hard on doing all of the things and When we're not reviewing it, it can feel like nothing's working sometimes. Exactly. But then when you actually look at the data and you go, no, hold on, I am, my following is growing or my email list is growing, it's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, But if you don't pay any attention to it, it can sometimes feel like it's not.
1: And it lets you also look at the metrics that matter for your business. So your Instagram following might not have shifted in the last six months, but if your revenue is going up 20% month on month, Your email list is growing, who cares about your Instagram following? So it's really lets you sort of narrow down. And because the things that we're often attracted to looking at might not be as relevant for our business. Now it might be, because if you know that for every 10% of growth in your Instagram following, you get an equivalent 10% in your revenue, then that is one, like definitely a metric you should be measuring. But it's that it's that bigger picture that I think a lot of people, especially if we identify as creatives or if we identify as, you know, more the words people we might shy away from, but Mm. it's there's just so much power in it. Um, So it makes sense to dedicate even a little bit of time each month to that.
0: Yeah. And just give yourself the time and space to learn as well in that in in measuring your metrics, because you might not know what you don't know yet. And so, you know, if you're unsure of like, well, which ones do I actually look at? Like what's relevant for my business? If people are unsure, what what would be the advice that you would give them if they're just starting out and they're like, well, I don't know which ones to really track to to understand what's really going on. Do you have any?
1: Well, definitely your own sort of the purchase analytics. So it depends on where that purchase transaction happens so for some tools like shopify or woocommerce or you know some website tools it can give you that data um, at the click of a button so it's very easy um, if you've got a brick and mortar store you might have to marry some online and and um, store point of sale it might be a little bit more complicated but you should know you know how much revenue is coming in how many sales or transactions that was so you can work out an average um, order value you know there's there's things that in that your business that align with those business goals that you need to measure. I mean, your accounting software would also help with that. Mm. Um, But then things, I think Google Analytics, it's free and it's really valuable. Um, There's another Google tool called Google Search Console, which a lot of business owners aren't aware of. And it's linked to your website again, but it tells you, um, the search terms people are using to find you and whether there's any broken links and things on your site that might be impacting the site performance mm. or your search engine optimization. So another free tool that is worth asking your web developer about. Mm. Um, then your social media insights for sure, depending which platforms you're on, um, they're probably the big ones to start with, or oh, your email database and your the data that you can get from your email marketing system.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Um, Okay, great. Now, the one thing that I've been, um, I guess, hyper aware of for A long time but most recently it was probably a few months ago actually now i could even be more than six months ago there was a bit of a crash on i think it was instagram and everything went down and people went into like this mass panic Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it was that really timely reminder that although social media is fantastic like you keep referring back to we don't own the space and so in a moment's notice or without a moment's notice, it can get ripped away from us. And if you've built your whole marketing strategy and your whole business within that space, it can be really, really dangerous. So I would love to hear from you what you recommend people doing in regards to building their marketing strategy beyond social media. Um, You know, what sorts of things would you recommend that people are putting their efforts into?
1: yeah i think um, email marketing remains the absolute power horse of marketing it's um and generally it's not because i also don't believe there's one size fits all or a cookie cutter approach to marketing but generally what i would encourage is that the social media efforts are to get in front of new audiences but then to push them to your email database um Mm. because then you do own them and then if Instagram reach tanks like it does on a regular basis or those days where it goes down altogether and people panic or, you know, your Instagram following, uh, your Instagram gets hacked and you lose access, which I've had a number of clients go through that process and some have been lucky enough to get it back and others haven't. And so they might've had 15, 18, 20,000 followers in a really vibrant community. And then suddenly it's gone and they have no business. Um, Mm. So I think you can't Rely on those platforms. Now, I agree they are absolutely amazing and now showing my age. But I was in marketing for a fair while before they came around, and the the opportunities they've given, especially smaller business, are incredible. And they are free in air quotes because you might not be paying cash, but you are definitely investing time. So I don't think they can be called free, but they they make, reaching new audiences accessible to anybody. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, I I am not anti-social media, but we do have to be realistic. And I only think uh, the environment is gonna change because the owners of these attention platforms are starting to slowly be called to account for some of the behaviors of the platforms. And I think it'll be interesting to see over the next few years, um, It I believe there's gonna be a big shift. And, mm. you know, the more you watch documentaries like Todd Sampson's mirror mirror or the social dilemma and people start because as a marketer I love them as a human it terrifies me and I think the next few years there's going to be some shifts and so a lot of that data that we've been relying on through these platforms you know we've already seen some drop away um, and I think that will probably happen more so you know we need to be able to shift with that. And we need to be also understand that there's always going to be new things coming. So we need to be prepared. I don't think anyone can create a strategy that will work for the next five years because, you know, look at the last five years and how much has changed. So we have to be prepared to learn and change. Um, But I would still always say email marketing, aside from the fact that you, you know, own that database, it also converts way higher. Social media Mm. is not a, a high converting marketing tactic. It's really great for you know that lead generation and lead nurturing and awareness. But when you come to conversion, email marketing wins every time, mm, <laughs> hands down. Yeah. Um, and I'm not for one second saying do a weekly newsletter because there isn't a human on the planet that needs another weekly newsletter in their inbox, but you need to create something that's really valuable that people want to open. And yep. then you're in a really good position.
0: Yeah. And I think if we know like that you've highlighted at some stage, these big companies, these social media giants are going to be brought to account for some of the, the behaviors that are going on. So why not now start to make yeah. building your email list just part of what you do so that if and when that actually starts to happen, you don't go into panic mode like the majority of business owners may do if they haven't prepared themselves in that way. Instead, you're in a position to be able to go, okay, but I've already got my email email marketing strategy mapped out and it's working for me and I can tweak it. I don't have to start from scratch. Like so many other people will be scrambling to do.
1: Yeah. And you can just keep that relationship going and then whatever the next platform or tactic is, you can bring your audience along with you on it. Mm. So you're kind of creating, if you see people who, you know, when TikTok started emerging probably like 2020, I mean, it had been around for a long time, but that's where it sort of took off through everyone Mm. being at home you know the people who could jump on one day and have tens of thousands of followers the next are those who had very strong followings on other platforms or an email database that they're messaging everyone saying hey i'm over here come and join me mm. um, so it just means that it, it's the engine that you can power all of your efforts and bring people along with you and yep. it's also you know come black friday as much as all i do is delete emails but it's still you know because all social media platforms are so competitive and everywhere is so mm. competitive. At least you're sitting in an inbox. Yes, you might get deleted, but you're still, you might sit there for a few weeks and they might come across something else, you know? So, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. So, what would you say um, in kind of wrapping up the podcast? What would you say are the biggest mistakes that you see people making in their marketing?
1: I think definitely not having a strategy. I think um, just trotting along, doing the things the way you've always done them it might be working and so i'm not for a second saying break what you know is working Um, but what's the opportunity cost of that or what might you be missing out on if you were to try some new things Um, so creating that strategy and having that map so that you sort of know where you're wanting to go and where you're starting from and i think that's a really important piece in that measurement is like, where are you today capturing that? So as you said, you can celebrate your successes in six and 12 months' time mm-hmm. um, and you can see the difference because I think we all, it's like the, you know, analogy of the frog in, in warm water into boiling water. We all sort of only recognise where we are right now. Yeah. Um, so definitely getting that strategy in place, the measuring and monitoring for certain, um, not being distracted by every bright and shiny new thing. I think that's a yep. big mistake. And that comparison of, oh, my friend did this and was really successful, um, it's potentially a waste of your time and money. So,
0: yeah. yeah. Oh, that's been amazing. Like, you've given us so much. Value and we've covered we've covered quite a bit today.
1: We I know. <laughs> you have you got a busy really, 30 minutes. Yeah, we have.
0: Yeah, no, this is great though. This is all the sort of stuff that you know. I think people are probably thinking, but maybe um, are not feeling that they have the space or the confidence to ask these questions. Which is part of why I do the podcast because I want to be asking the kinds of questions that I think the listeners are wanting answers to. And you've um, really uncovered some really great. Concepts and ideas, and certainly um, solidified for me that within my own marketing strategy, that I'm either doing the right things or I need to be looking and kind of honing in some more on some particular areas. So, um, I'm so glad that our paths crossed. Yeah, yeah, at the conference that we were both attending a few weeks ago, um, and. Yeah, I really appreciate your time in sharing your expertise and knowledge here on the podcast um, with my lovely listeners. But if people want to know more about, you know, creating a marketing strategy or, um, you know, have you got a checklist or anything else that that people can grab?
1: Yeah, so on my website at the moment, um, my website's kimogorman.com.au and Kim is with a Y, so watch out for that one. Um, I've got a marketing health check. So before you start, developing your strategy is kind of capturing that information of where are you now and where the opportunities might lie um, so that's on you can see it on the home page or i can give you a, the direct link for your show yep. notes yeah and definitely. then towards the end of the year i did last year and i'm aiming to do the same is to have a bit of a planning document for your strategy for next year um, oh, and it's amazing. not overly arduous and you know people sort of told me they sat down for a couple of hours and filled it out but it just guides them through that marketing strategy it's a document that I use for, as a basis for most of my clients. So
0: yeah, awesome. That would be amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Ah, yeah. So we'll link all of that in the show notes, and you're also on Instagram, right? Yes. Um. Yeah. Kim so Kim-
1: everywhere.
0: Yeah. Kim. She's everywhere. Kim O'Gordon <laughs> Everywhere. Kim with a Y. Yes. Um. <laughs> go and find Kim and uh, see the marketing goodness that she has available. Because um, in having conversations with you and being part of the comp- conference panel um where we were both there together a few weeks ago. I was just like, wow, this lady, she knows her stuff. Oh, so thank you. Um, thank you so much for your time today. And um I can't wait to share this episode with everybody. Um, it's been such a great chat. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore S-I-B. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.